see you. Nice to see you. It's been a and while. I know, yeah, it's been a while. And um, we were saying before, this is, um, you know, a nice way for me to use some lighting setups and stuff like that, <laughs> which, which is probably a, a good, um, you know, a good opportunity that we're speaking today in that respect. Can you tell us a little bit where, where we are? So we, just to give some, yeah. um, you know, some impact where we are. So we're just outside Stone Market. Yeah, just outside Stone Market. And... Um, essentially home studio or sorry, I suppose yeah home studio as much as anything bit of a mess really the space is not the tidiest because <laughs> it's, 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 it's a working place isn't yeah it, it is and it's, it's, it's supposed to be seen from this angle but as you can see from the camera it's supposed <laughs> to be seen from just the other side of the camera so yeah. um, this is kind of the mess behind it pretty much but uh, yeah but that's that I do almost all my work here really so that's you know the video production stuff and then also more recently training people how to do video and use video when, from a business point of view and the, the YouTube stuff that I'm doing as well so and how long have you had this sort of area of work and stuff uh, we've had this space over three years now nearly four years actually it's, it's bizarre because it, i can't believe it's that long yeah but what's the covid years obviously kind of mm. you forget about those yeah, ones yeah, it's like yeah. oh there was three years there that i completely forgot about yeah so yeah i think we've nearly coming up to five years now which wow. is nice um and it's it's very nice to have a space mm. uh, it does it does it does help and actually it's interesting because i always relate the cleanliness of my office and the state of it to kind of you know what we're talking about today a little bit in terms of your headspace mm. you know if you're working and it's your office is nice and tidy and everything's been put away properly yeah, yeah. all of a sudden my headspace you walk in the morning you go oh, okay i know where i'm going whereas when you walk in and there's stuff everywhere and you know if you've been up, i'll often i'm up late the night previous you come mm. in and you go oh my gosh yeah last night's dinner's still over here <laughs> so oh, that's not good and all of a sudden your headspace is kind of thrown a little bit so it's quite interesting actually how it kind of reflects your state of mind yeah it does have an impact i know myself that if i've i need to have like a clear desk you know even if anything else behind me is like crazy yeah um i need to have that space in front of me that's clear or you know just minimal yeah um because I, I think there's a lot to say in that you know if for myself if my space is messy yeah i'm not going into that you know, piece of work or whatever with the right kind of mind and and if you're if it's something that you need to concentrate on as well i think you the the more distractions that are here mm-hmm. there's just way more opportunity yeah, to suddenly yeah. go oh hang on what was i doing okay right yeah. i'll come back to that and say oh there's something over here now and yeah. be completely distracted by all this stuff in front of you yeah. if it's not focused on what that your task and it's why i try and actually with my phone i try and put it out of reach out of the way yeah uh, so it's way out because again I'll, I'll oh, I just need to look at that and I come back and then five minutes later yeah. you know I'm still looking on the phone and I haven't actually picked it up for the right reason yeah. so it's, it's one of those things but it's amazing it's a nice little space it's kind of a way to just lock out the work at least and put it somewhere else because it's not the main sort of house where we live yeah. so at least that way it's disconnected enough mm. uh, although I think probably my other half will disagree <laughs> it's not quite dis- you know she'd probably prefer a little short drive in between because yeah. you know what it's well I suppose anybody who can empathize with this when you're working from home yeah. the difficulty is a lot of the time especially when you're working for yourself and you're responsible for all of the bits and pieces that happen at work uh, maybe not even if you're working for someone else you you need that time in between leaving work yeah to getting home yeah to suddenly realize actually i've just decompressed i've let all that stuff go and now i can be partner dad whoever mm. it is i need to be now mm. rather than the person who's still got all that rubbish because someone just you know emailed <laughs> me late with a you know, a request for doing something and i didn't get it done or mm. whatever um and unfortunately i think because it's quite close um it doesn't quite necessarily give me enough time to yeah. decompress properly yeah, yeah. um whereas when i used to work uh, out of ipswich it was a question of having you know a good half an hour drive yeah pros and cons of both isn't yeah it? yeah well, because the thing is, if, if I needed to stay a bit later, I could here. Mm. Whereas if I needed to stay later there, you really felt you were digging into your time. Yeah. 
uh, and, and, and equally it's just traffic and travel and the time that you're saving there is, is well it's, it's interesting because you think oh I've saved a load of time I'm not sitting in the car doing nothing yeah but I think actually when you're sitting in the car thinking you're doing nothing and you've got your music on and just mm. you know you're letting stuff go mm. that's actually really valuable time yeah uh, especially when you've got a busy household to come home to yeah, sure. uh, and, and that's that's just one of those things again that you maybe don't realise the importance of until you're not doing it anymore, mm. and then and then again, you know, the ability to disconnect and compartmentalise and say that's work, that's home. Yeah. But when they're very close and one and the same, yeah, I'd imagine there's probably a lot of people who again who'll empathise. You know, if they're working, you know, out of their kitchen table, mm. you know, it's all very well and good whilst they're in work, but then when you know the kitchen space gets invaded because family come home from school and all yeah. the rest of it all of a sudden it's very hard to go hang on is this work or is this mm. home life and actually i'm still doing something mm. and it must be quite tricky so and likewise with the kids it's, i think it takes a while for the kids to understand that you know if you're working out of a kitchen or a dining room or something like that that you're not available in that time because they visually see you yeah. and um they just think and i think it takes a while and i think a lot of people went through that over sort of covid from Absolutely. having to work from home and um sort of the the trappings of, of yeah. all that but no it's great that you've got this space and i'm guessing that the creation of this or the the setting up with this came from kind of wanting that kind of space to kind of separation of work and sort of life or yeah a little bit i think i think i think f- it was an opportunity that really that came up because this was a, essentially a, a, a dilapidated stable block yeah. that was not doing anything really yeah. apart from housing firewood and okay. like an old tractor and stuff like that <laughs> for the, the farmers use next door. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we need to do something with this because it's about to fall over. Mm. What would you like to do with it? Yeah. Um, at the time, my mum said, oh, she just, I mean, you know, it was one of those tongue-in-cheek moments. She goes, well, I actually love a studio put in there. Yeah. And they went, all right. <laughs> and we went, oh, okay, we've sort of shot ourselves in the foot there because now we've got to be responsible for this extra space. Um, but actually, you know, it's quite, it's very reasonable value. They've, yeah. they've sort of been able to help us with. And I, and I had an input in where I wanted things and you know, okay. which was nice but then I've completely realised that I'm no good at any of that stuff because I've put everything in the wrong place. <laughs> place so I put plugs over here and stuff and then yeah. I was like oh I actually need them over there yeah. but you know it's one of those and um, people joke that it's very narrow so it's a bit like the corridor and you know ideally it would be a little bit wider to yeah, give me yeah. a bit more space yeah, yeah. but um, but it does help because as I say and as I t- say to a lot of my clients if you're doing going to be doing video and re- stuff regularly like that where you need to produce content mm. on the regular then you need to have a space where you can have stuff sort of set up yeah. and left because yeah. if you if you don't you'll never do anything you'll just mm. walk in and go oh setting all this stuff up takes far too long <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do anything today whereas if it's there and all you have to do is turn on a button and start talking to the camera yeah. at least mm. you've got a better chance so I think in that regard, when someone said, oh, you can have a space which is your own and private yeah. and there's no extra noise, there's no kind of, because com- I was sharing an office before. So, you know, as good as that was, there was always something else going on. Okay. So even having conversa- private conversations, you know, on the phone uh, or especially when it came to sort of video calls now, yeah. I know you can use headphones and stuff, but it, it just, there was always, there was always someone around and it was nice, to, as you say, this to have this space because it does just allow you to shut off yeah. the rest of the world a little bit mm. and go, right, okay, can focus on these tasks yeah. or whatever it is. And actually, you know, I think from a my mother, I was going to laugh because I probably should admit to this, but it's like, you know, sometimes you just come in here to go, <laughs> okay I need some headspace I just need yeah. a moment to think about something so there might be the odd occasion where it's like I'm just going to go check that the broadband's working and yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just I need something for tomorrow and just, just yeah. take take a bit longer than I actually needed yeah, to, yeah, do, yeah. to just do that I think we, we all need that the decompression time and yeah. I, I think you know with you know when you have children you both need that space at different times don't you yeah when, when yeah. you know um you know your partner's probably got 
her area where she likes to go and something she likes to do and yeah, yeah. Um, you know so it's kind of important to have that um, so the work that you do is around a video production and yeah. that kind of stuff um, and kind of looking back to when you were younger mm. um, was that something that you could was it something that was born out of that time or was that kind of did that come in later on or yeah do you know it did it, it did but what's it, what is interesting is again because I think it does tie into the conversation that uh, you know that, that you're we're, we're sort of having here is that I suppose when I was younger one of the things I really enjoyed doing and actually I've always enjoyed doing is going to the, the pictures or the yeah, cinema yeah. Um, yeah, pictures as my dad used to call it but um and that, and that was always great because it was this escapism. Mm. It was a way of just getting away from whatever was going on. And, yeah. and not to say that I had a, it wasn't a terrible um, sort of childhood upbringing, school life or things like that. It was, um, I think it was okay. But, you know, we all suffered probably, and actually probably at, at the time, kind of being brought up in sort of the 80s, early 90s. I think probably we weren't ever allowed to explore some of those feelings. Yeah. We just, it was a case of pull yourself together, you know? So, okay, well, that's great advice for a curtain, but not for <laughs> me, you know? And, and I think sometimes you didn't realize that actually there were some complex emotions there that mm. you weren't really allowed to explore. And, but the, what was great is that the cinema was a great way of just going, just let it all go. You can actually put yourself in this other person's world for a little mm. while. You can just forget about it. And I don't know about you, but, I, I mean, still today, I come out of a film and I'll just, you know, you come out of a like, James Bond film and you're like, just looking, yeah. you're looking around, you can hear the theme song in your head, you're like, who's got yeah. it? You know, who else? Who's the, you know, the, the, uh, the baddie here that I've got to sort of get away from or whatever. But, you yeah. know, you, because you, it allows you just to switch off from the real world and your brain just can disengage. And I think I, I didn't ever realise that I was actually quite, that I felt like I had a, a creative um, sort of, talent at all i didn't okay. think i had a, I, I always knew i had a good imagination but i didn't realize i could actually apply that in a sort of creative way to mm. something that would actually make sense mm. and and i never really appreciated film at all in, in you know what goes into it yeah you know everyone has a different role to play and all the different roles that are available and how you could be involved in in all sorts of levels of production and uh, and, and it as I say, didn't didn't really register at all and and even i mean i left school not knowing what i wanted to do yeah I, I think some people would be annoyed that I didn't go to university because I, I think some people, certain teachers would would have classed me as relatively intelligent. So I think they would have said, oh, you can, you know, you should, you could do well going off to mm. university and stuff. But yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I think that was, you know, I didn't see why I would go to university and get in debt just to have a degree, yeah. not really knowing if I was ever going to use it either. So mm. I, I just was mucking around, sort of you know, had a gap here, was playing a bit of golf because I enjoy golf. And, uh, and then I think I got offered a job at the golf club. So I went and, and I thought I'd be, I'll, I'll be a golf pro. I'll do that because that mm. sounds fun. Mm. And I, I ended up getting a camera ultimately because I was into my golf and I wanted to film my golf swing. So it's the old classic handy cam, yeah. rubbish video camera style thing. And then because of that, someone said, oh, you've got a camera. Come and film our wedding. And so I went, all right, sounds like a laugh. Mm. And, and I actually then did a, a spate of them really quick and close together. So I did yeah. three or four friends' weddings very close together where I had to film everything, be responsible for the whole production and, and get, learn how to edit. Yeah. And whilst it was terrifying at times <laughs> especially my very first experience um the camera actually it didn't turn off it kept recording yeah. but the picture went black because it had okay. overheated yeah yeah and so i was stood there whilst they were saying that i was kind of thinking i don't know how i'm going to explain this um 
but at least they're not paying me a lot. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that, and that, but it was born out of that that I actually started really enjoying doing that work and actually had a, I was, people told me, oh, you've got a bit of a talent for this. I said, yeah. well, I don't know if that's true, but thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I was always found taking compliments was quite hard. So not okay. really fully believing people. Um, and then, and then you know, sure enough, uh, I started doing more of that. And so the, the, it was really how I got into working in video and film is because I started doing weddings for myself and yeah. started a business doing that. And then that expanded and changed and became uh, something that I couldn't really do much of anymore because family came along and working every summer weekend yeah. just doesn't make sense from a family point of view. So I had to think about, well, you know, business video makes sense. We can do that. And uh, yeah, it kind of came out of that really. And, mm. and that's interesting, as I said, because I didn't know I was creative particularly. Mm. I really enjoy the creative side of things. It's quite nice being creative and, you know, especially when you're starting with a, a blank canvas and you can really let your mind go to, to, to town. But um, as I say, it was all born out of the idea that actually it was a great way of escaping mm. r right early on when I just wanted to get away for a bit mm. and, and sort of shut off. And I think that's pretty, I think it's a really powerful thing to be able to, as well, that we, you know, we now are in a position where we can help create pieces mm. that help people to feel a little bit differently about a certain matter or, or, or talk about something in a different way or see a point of view in a different light. And those things are, you know, really important when it comes to, especially when you've got, you know, people with, um, you know, certain mindsets. Mm. It's quite nice to be able to say, well, actually, have you ever thought of it this way? And yeah. create something that actually makes them think differently. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite powerful that way, I think. Yeah. And sort of just going back on what you said there, when you um, thought like through school, you weren't quite sure at that time what you wanted to do and that creativity wasn't something that you'd kind of stepped into. I guess there's a couple of things. I think for the sort of period that we went to school, you know, unlike today, there's lots of kind of media led options mm -hmm. that people can go and, and do. And for me, especially, you know, if I think back to that time, yeah, you could do media studies or something if you were at high school, mm -hmm. but there wasn't the sort of multimedia options that we have around all different sorts no. of niches and no. that kind of thing. So I think it was a little bit different. And I think maybe, I think that's why, you know, because when I speak to a lot of people that are of similar age, they seem to have kind of got to that stuff a bit later just when the technology started to kick in and yeah. you know unlike today where you can pretty much do something from primary school and, yeah. and, and, and move on. Um, so that, so that 12-year-old kid that's going to the cinema, um, you know, if I was to meet him in the foyer, who would I have met? Wow, that's a good question. Um, well, yeah, it's a good question. I think someone who is probably relatively relatively confident, relative, yeah. relatively in control of things. Okay. I've been lucky that I'd experienced quite a lot, I suppose, at a relatively young age, because when I was six, we emigrated to Malaysia. So I, you know, we, we moved, you know, we, we didn't seem like anything at the time. But yeah. actually, when you think back, you're like, oh, do you know, actually, quite a young age, quite we completely big, moved yeah, to yeah. a different country yeah. um, that, you know, was English speaking to a degree, mm. but not for, but there was a, you know, a, a massive difference in culture, yeah. you know, whether you know, everything, everything was very, very different food, um, people, religion, every, every language was different. So everything was very different. Um, but we were somewhat sheltered from it in a, in a weird way. Cause we went to kind of the old, the whole sort of expat okay, kind yeah. of process of, you know, going to a school that was international school and yeah. the main language is English. So actually it didn't really feel very different. Yeah. Um, but so I suppose, yeah, that, but because of that, I think you also had to kind of get comfortable 
changing environment quite quickly, um, speaking to different stuff. people and, yeah. and, and, and kind of going with the flow a little mm. bit, you know, so because when I was eight, I was flying back to boarding school in the UK. So I was flying unaccompanied. Oh, wow. uh, at that stage I mean literally the old days was you know you'd go to the special lounge oh, that's right. someone would yeah. walk you to the plane put you on the plane and say don't move and so 14 hours later you're like I haven't moved and they're like good can you, off you go that sounds crazy now if I think about you know <laughs> yeah. I've got a nine year old yeah I would never put him on a plane. Oh, yeah. my, my son Rory, you know, he's a, um, you know, he's he's my age. I would mm. never think of putting him <laughs> on a plane by himself. He, he wouldn't get there. He would be well. I mean, he would at least out the credit card. At least suites. he wouldn't be able to get off the <laughs> off the plane. Like when they've yeah. taken off, I, I'd, I would have to see the plane leave and then yeah. hope for the best. But yeah, no, no, Just it's a whole it's, Macaulay Culkin type situation going on. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be, although to be fair, I can we can put an iPad in front of his his face now, and he probably wouldn't move for fourteen hours. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, as long as someone brought him dinner, which is what they, yeah. you know, they but, looked, but, they but, did. But did you notice it in that moment? Did it feel like a big thing then? No, no, it just something you did and. I've got to do that. All right, yeah. let's just crack on. And I, you know, I got I got a little bit bad because you know that, that was another thing because I was going to boarding school. Um, was a great experience on the whole. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. But it was interesting because, again, it, 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 it did make you look at the world a little bit differently. So, you know, when I, obviously when I finished boarding school, we were, I'm sorry, when I was 12 year old at the foyer, I'd have been going to a local school uh, here up in Suffolk. And, and I, yeah, relatively confident. But at the same time, you know, I never, I don't think I ever was. I've never been particularly happy with my uh, my 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 my, I suppose my body. I've had I've had issues in I suppose in terms of getting comfortable with myself. Okay, uh, a few, you know I wasn't I wouldn't say I was ever particularly big um, per se. I was you know I did sport and stuff, but I wasn't mm. I definitely wasn't the you know that lad who had a six pack and pecs at you know okay. the age of twelve almost. <laughs> you know the guy that that kind of guy who could eat anything and okay. yeah, yeah. would never put on it. You know, yeah. seemingly put on any weight and stuff. And um, you know and at that age as well, you're starting to think about you know the other the opposite sex or you know. At least the one that attracted you anyway yeah. at the time, obviously because well, at the time it was very much a case of it was the opposite sex because mm. nothing else was really ever considered as appropriate okay. um, I suppose because it was you know it just never it wasn't really in that sort of time but now obviously it's completely different but so you know as it happens you're you're kind of thinking about all those sort of things and you're going mm. through a, a, a bit and um, yeah I, I was thinking I was found that that was hard work and so I think I Whilst I may have had a kind of a very confident outside sort of, there was there was a little bit of un, un, uncertainness inside about things mm. and uh, just where I, f I suppose where I fit, I suppose. But I think you're trying to find your, you know, you were doing school, you were doing sport, and just getting just on with things you enjoyed and finding world. your way. Yeah. But I think when you think back about it now, you kind of think actually, you know, having asked the question, you go, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I was a little bit, you know, I was confident, but maybe had the reservations about. Mm certain things and you know I think I maybe may that's everything someone always feels that way you know a young boy at 12 going to a school disco mm -hmm. you know guys on one side girls on the other side no one really dancing <laughs> kind of you know and it's like this is ridiculous when you think back but you know actually, yeah. and actually crikey if you'd just been the first guy over the dance floor mate you'd have yeah. had the choice to oh, no, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you know you only had to be the, the bravest one to go if over I first really but yeah <laughs> and then you but you just never thought like that you just like, yeah. well, watch someone else get embarrassed first yeah you know I don't know about you but I think when as soon as I had my children it made me think more about my schooling yeah makes sense because you start to kind of relive that vicariously through them yeah and you see yeah. their experiences yeah and you can't but help but think back and no, no. you know and that kind of you know um can bring back some um how you know memories about how things have changed how things yeah. are completely different now yeah. um and it is quite a lot you know with that kind of setting of the kind of the boarding school and that kind of stuff um 
you know, certainly from from my perspective at school, there didn't seem to be an outlet for those kind of conversations if we were to feel in any way no. um, that we wanted to chat about that kind of stuff. It, you know, wasn't, you know, nowadays, you know, my kids were having those conversations in primary school, you yeah. know, or yeah. they're doing meditation and yoga. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or well, that kind of, they, they've got time aside for mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah, like which that. Is, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but was throughout that period, was it a case of just trying to just battle on and, and deal with things as when they came up yourself? Or did yeah. you have any friends or anything to sort of, you know, or was it just kind of like a, you know? Well, I think this is the interesting thing. I don't think I ever really ever spoke to a, a mate mm. about anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's only, it's only at boarding school and even, you know, even into kind of, crikey, not even sixth form, I don't think necessarily. Okay. You know, you, you just, it, it never seemed to be the done thing to kind of pull a mate over and go, mm. hey, you know, I'm, I'm struggling a bit, mate. Mm. Could we have, could we have a chat? Yeah, of course. Because I think people thought of it a certain way. There was a kind of stigma attached to kind of, you know, showing showing that side of yourself. Yeah. Not to say that you couldn't maybe have those conversations with family. Yeah. Um, you know, mum and dad have always been supportive and ready, ready to, to to chat and those kind of. You know, they, they were always ha- open, sort of always way, helpful yeah. in those ways, and, and actually always quite open as well. Yeah. There, there, I mean, there was certainly. Uh, I think that's just maybe true of anybody in that growing up in the the eighties, nineties, sort of getting hitting adolescence around that sort of time. Um, that would say, you know, actually, there's a lot of pull yourself together, go and pick yourself up, brush yourself down, get on with it. Um, which, do you know what? It's funny because I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. There is, an, there is a real um, value to being resilient mm-hmm. in life. There's a real value to being able to say, do you know what? Actually, I can take these knocks. I can brush myself off. I can get back up. I can yeah. keep walking forward. Mm-hmm. And as long as I keep doing that, I'll be all right. Yeah. So I think... What you know, it's very easy for us to kind of go. Oh, that's the wrong thing. You shouldn't do that. You should never do that anymore. You know, you should let them speak. You should be mindful. Yeah, yeah. Of, you know, put yourself where they are, etc. And that that is always. It's great to be able to be that open minded yeah. and that have that presence of mind to think actually, how is that person feeling about this this yeah. thing? Or you know, rather than just reacting sort of in a very sort of self centric way. But um, but yeah, I think as you say, the, the outlets just weren't. Is, you know what? It's funny because I don't even know if it's not the case that they weren't there. It's just that I never, I never felt like they. I needed them. I suppose yeah, because I guess you, you don't know what you don't know, do you? You just, you just don't need think you need it. Yeah, yeah. I guess at that time. Yeah, and I mean, you know, teachers would say, you know, is everything okay? And you'd kind of go, yeah, yeah. I'm okay, or whatever. And it's all oh, maybe he's homesick and those kind of things. Yeah, you know? it's another factor, isn't it? You know, because you were there pretty much on your own anyway. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the case that you were coming home at three thirty and. You yeah, know. no, absolutely. And and there was a lot of trust, actually, in, 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 as far as boarding school mm-hmm. is concerned, because, you know, normally you'd say, oh, something's happening at school. You go to mum and dad and say, oh, this is happening. Um, should, is this is this what's happening? Should this be happening? Because okay. I, 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 it's, it's, it's an absolutely normal and total um, uh, sort of specific example. But we had a medical at school. Yeah. So, which was, you know, the doctor was there. Yeah. And because obviously it's something that you would have normally done at home, but you'd have gone to your, your okay. family GP. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, little boys, we went, we went in and the doctor sort of checked us over, made sure yeah. we were okay. And, you know, we had the cough test and, yeah. you know, check the spine, look at your, make sure you're not colorblind when you look at the colored dots okay. on them. The whole thing, we had, we had like a little medical basically okay. when we were younger to, to make sure everything was fine. And, I think that was obviously the school's responsibility to make sure that we were well looked after and were healthy and cared for and whatnot. And obviously it was, as I said, it was the sort of thing that you would have done with your parents 
yeah, yeah. Normally, yeah. and it would have been no no problem because mum and dad would have been there. Mm. But all of a sudden, you were just lined up in your dressing gowns, going right in you go. See this gentleman here, and he's a doctor, and have a chat. And okay, and you're like, okay, fine. In I go, and you never really could never really until I, you know, many years later, kind yeah. of thought back and went, huh. That could have been a, a bit, you know, I was quite trusting. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what, you know, to expect. Did mum and dad say I could actually, yeah. was that sanctioned? Is that allowed? Sounds like, you know, the sort of quite an adult situation to be in, isn't it? And, yeah, and, yeah. And that may, might, you know, I wasn't there, but it might have been the case for a lot of other things, appointments and meetings. And, you know, do, do you think that, you know, kids that go to that kind of school and are treated more as an adult earlier on, do you think, than, than kids at other schools? It's, it's an interesting... It's an interesting one, mm. I think, there, because from what I've experienced, I suppose, with my, with my lot and, how, and their primary school experience, which I suppose is relatively close to what it would have been for me, yeah. um, I think, I think there's, with boarding school, it's, almost, it's quite distinct, actually. And, and, and even seeing this at, at the other school that I went on to, which, where I wasn't a boarder up yeah. in Suffolk, um, it's almost as if it's two different places. Yeah. So... Daytime, it's school time. It's school, yeah, yeah. very much a school environment. Where, when, whereas actually when the, you know, past five o'clock and everyone else has gone home or whatever it is, it's very much the boarders, they have boarders tea, they do their prayer, oh, okay. and then they have playtime or sort of, you know, time when they can go out mm. and sort of mix with other people and then before they have to go back to bed. Yeah. So actually then it becomes like, it, it's, it's almost like they have the ability to switch that off and go, it, this is now house. This is, how, this is home time. This is yeah. family. Yeah. So actually the... The behaviour is a little bit different, um, and you know, are you treated like adults? I don't know. I mean, certainly when we got to sixth form, we are basically treated like adults because I mean, at the school I was at, there was a pub <laughs> at the school, wow, so we okay. were allowed to. You know, it was a sixth form bar we yeah. we could go up to, okay. we could sit and have yeah. drinks and play yeah. pool because they would rather us do that than be out. somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it makes sense. Some it, and it's a shame because they closed it down. Oh, I believe really? I believe now it's not a, a thing anymore. But we had it was literally they you know, had a proper little pub, pub sign outside. So people that would go there now don't get that. Don't, I, well, thing. I don't know if they get it in the same vein. Okay, it's, it looks more modern now okay. certainly. But but you know it's a shame. Like but, a coffee shop was well, no, there's definitely a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a coffee. Sh- there's a definitely a coffee element downstairs. But I don't know if they have a uh, a sort of bar upstairs that they're encouraged to kind of yeah. go to of an evening and <laughs> have a pint, have a, have a low alcohol be- sort of beverage. But yeah. um, yeah, so I think there was definitely an element of that, and I think it's so much so that they expected it. But I think you just you just had to be a bit more mm. um, grown up and, and mature from a boarding point of view, particularly because you know when they it was came to the end of the school year or whatever, it was like right, I'm going to put you on a plane and send you home now. Mm. So you know, get the shuttle bus, make, get your bags together. We're going to take you. Make sure your passport's in there, or we'll, yeah. we keep a passport. We'll give it back to you at the last minute. But yeah. There's an element of, of of having to do some adult things that you would never have been exposed to. Yeah. You know, as I say, you know, the thought of my little ones being, you know, coming back by themselves yeah, is is crazy. So I think, yes, there's an element of being much more uh, mature, I suppose, in your way of a way of thinking. And mm. and actually, what's interesting is it. I definitely believe that the one of the things that that I suppose that type of schooling gives you is the ability, and they, and they talk about it in their marketing and stuff, but the, you know, the ability to come out well-rounded. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, that, you know, you've got, you do have quite an interesting worldly confidence and, 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 and a, a maturity that is quite, um, yeah, quite different probably to yeah. maybe someone leaving school at, yeah. I don't know, the age of eight, 16, who hasn't had mm. maybe that exposure, to, uh, that, and I suppose that opportunity to, mm. to do maybe things a bit differently. Do you think there's anything in that type of school and that you don't get? That you don't get in hindsight <clears throat> that may have been helpful, or well, I think 
I think maybe at the time, yeah, there could have been a lot. There could have probably been a lot more of this kind of mindfulness stuff and, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and sort of, I think actually reflection is an interesting one because I don't think there was ever a lot of reflection time or encouraged time where you could just sort of reflect. the next thing. Yeah. It's just kind of next thing we're doing and it's next time and it's yeah. the next season. It's the next practice. It's the next, you yeah. know, exam, set of exams or whatever it is. So I think, and I think it's an important thing that I've really only come to realize uh, probably since having kids, um, you know, turning a relatively important number, which I did this year. Um, I won't say, and hopefully everyone will think it's 30. <laughs> but yeah, I think you then, I think it's really important to sit there every day, almost every day if you can, and just sit and reflect. And, mm. and that's something I've been saying to my, my, my daughter actually recently, because she's been having some tough times. And I think that's, I said, look, you've got to just sit every day and reflect mm. and think back to the day. Actually, was it, you know, as bad as you thought it might have been? Yeah. Or was there some good stuff in there too? Mm. You know, and actually... Of those things that were good, you know, how good was it? What was it? What, yeah. how, what how did it make you feel? Because mm. I think the ability to then sit and reflect on those things actually makes you realise. Do you know what? It wasn't quite so bad, or yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. or maybe. Do you know what? It was great, and I haven't given myself enough credit mm, mm. for how good that was. Mm. And um, and I th- and again, you you do that with with business now as well. I, I speak to a business coach every now and you know he, we always say, look, we need a session of reflection. Yeah, but we just need to sit take that last quarter in you know did you hit your goals yes you did if you did give yourself a big pat on the back yeah if you didn't maybe why not uh, was there things you could have done differently yeah. uh, and 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 yeah i think that's one thing that probably we never had that we could have had you know that t- and that's i suppose i link that to mindfulness where you just mm. just sit without and 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 what was interesting actually is back then there was no excuse to not whereas now we've got so much distraction yeah I'll get you you know yeah. social media mobile devices that can do all sorts of stuff mm. you know we had I don't even think we had snakes back then <laughs> you know so for those people who remember snakes <laughs> like yeah. on the old Nokia 3010 or whatever but I mean that was quite that was quite advanced that was towards the end of my school so you know we never really just to say that's the snakes on a phone not yes. actual Bergen Street yes, yes, I know, know it's a nice school but you, but, well, yeah, you say you say that in Malaysia we, we, we had we had lots of snakes visiting oh, wow. the, yeah we had we had a python that we had to remove once or twice um, we had multiple monkeys coming into the oh, campus wow. yeah because oh, there was a lot ro- to deal with as a kid it, it was, <laughs> there was quite a lot oh, people selling stuff through fences okay Literally, we had the you know I'm not Jamie Oliver, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but there were no there were the people selling like juice drinks through the fence and stuff to make a living, and okay. we would like yeah we'd go and like, but, but yeah there's a lot there's lots to sort of deal with, but you know it's, <laughs> um, but no it's, we didn't yeah we didn't reflect enough, and there, as I said there was no excuse because there were the distractions weren't there. Mm. We could have easily had an hour of the day, you know not even an hour, but you know even five minutes we'd have had yeah. just to sit back and go what was the day like you know, and I think that's something that's become. I think because it's become more of a forefront and people are thinking about it more, yeah. that it's become a thing that people are now saying, actually, we should be all do- We should take, just take a few minutes. Yeah. You know, even our, you know, the watches now remind you to stand up, breathe, <laughs> yeah. think, and just, just take a moment, yeah. you know, and it's not, a, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. That's the thing, does mm. it? But it's amazing how much of an impact it can make just mm. to, you know, actually move, in terms of readiness for the next day, just allowing yourself to clear your clutter before you go to bed yeah. so that when you shut off, you shut off properly rather than taking it, taking it to bed with you. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's, that, that's one of those things. So I think, yeah, I did, does it, do I not get anything? I think, I think the, I suppose the argument is that type of schooling. It's interesting. I had this conversation actually when I did a bit of work for a school like that. I said, look, don't tell me your selling point is that you're going to give us a great education because that's what everybody's going to say, you know, from yeah, a, from a, okay, from a yeah. academical point of view, 
everyone's going to expect to get a good grade. When they're paying that kind of money, they're going to expect good grades. Yeah. Um, at, that's, a, that's a minimum. I think what I would want to know as a parent is, is my child safe? Mm. Do they feel secure? Are they able to express themselves and be comfortable? And uh, are the right mechanisms in place and processes and people in place to make, to, to make sure that they're, they've got this time if they need yeah, it, they've yeah, got yeah. the support if they need it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, show me those things. Yeah. Be, you know, be a school that shows me that you can look from, look after my child as well as I can look after them or think, think I could look after them if they were here with me. Um, and so I think, I suppose there's maybe a responsibility and, ob- and an obligation at a school like that. You would expect, I would expect that stuff to be, mm. you know, because there's not an argument to say, we're struggling for funds here or people i'm sure i'm sure they could find relevant yeah. people or train the right people yeah. so that you know if you're going through that level of school i think you should come out with a really good understanding of you know how you're feeling mm. in yourself and be able to kind of you know not only i suppose self-analyze but also you know be understanding of people around you as well yeah. Yeah. whereas and i think the only it's not to say that the i actually weirdly i don't think it's necessarily like uh, the other school, you know, sort of, I say, sort of state or government-funded schools, it's not their fault that they can't do that. But I because pre- I appreciate they've got lots of resources and constraints, and there's so much is pushed towards academics. But actually, um, and, and and actually, we have we have witnessed that they do make efforts. You know, they do really they do try very hard. Um, but you know, they don't always. Unfortunately, mm. they don't. They're not always gifted the opportunity of because they also don't, they have they haven't got the kids for that long. Whereas if you think boarding schools, they have them. There, yeah. they're there twenty four seven. So yeah. they have this additional time yeah. where they can maybe impact and, and help them in that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it's just that. But uh, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I didn't feel like I was missing out. But then I suppose it's only now when you look back, you go, <laughs> well, maybe I was actually. <laughs> was there was there was there a time? You know, when I've asked a lot of people this question, and some people can remember a time, and some people can't. Um, was there a time when you were kind of first aware of your own mental health? Mm. So, so to give an example, so some of the conversations I've had, people just kind of went through, noticed they had, um, they were feeling a little bit off, yeah. and it was only later, a little bit later, they found out. But yeah, is, was there a time when you sort of mindful of that there was, there was something up? Yeah, yeah, I think there's a, a sort of a, a thing that's popped straight into my head. So I think that obviously is kind of the best way of you know, you go with what your mm. first thought was. I, uh, yeah, I can remember probably when I was around mid teens, 15, 16 okay. kind of time. And, and as you say, maybe at the time I didn't realize quite how sof- sort of impactful it was, mm. but, uh, but maybe now looking back, you go, actually, I probably was quite depressed then maybe. Yeah. Um, and it was, as I say, it was around the, the whole kind of confidence, not really feeling like you kind of were right. So not, 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 you know, just you kind of wishing you, you know, I look better or fitter or stronger okay. or whatever, or, you know, hotter. So that, you know, cause I, I never, I never really had like lots of, um, I suppose, so, so I didn't really have lots of girlfriends at school, things okay. like that. It was just kind of, you know, I had one or two and I was, I wasn't very confident in that, in that way. Yeah. Partly because I don't know if I felt very confident about myself. Sure. And I think there was times where I, I did feel pretty low. Like I didn't feel like I had particularly any friends that I could talk to. Mm. And I didn't feel like anybody particularly wanted me in, okay. in terms of, you know, desirable, you know, okay. I didn't, there was anyone out there who was going, oh, you know, I'd like yeah. to have a chat with Alex. I don't think there was anything like that. And I, and I remember feeling quite, I got quite upset about it and thinking, you know, I don't understand it because I feel like I'm a nice guy. I feel like I'm quite, I feel like I'm nice. I feel like I'm funny. I feel like I'd 
okay. be caring but just I need someone to give us a chance kind of thing it's and I was frustrated yeah it was it was a frustration but, yeah. it, but it became I think it became a depression because I remember a specific time where I was sat I was sat in my room at night sort of quite late on kind of struggling maybe to sleep and uh this is dating, maybe dating me a bit, but I was listening to Savage Garden. Okay, yeah. Um, and they had a particular song on their, I think it's at the album, it's called Affirmation, called Crash and Burn. Okay. Don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's a really, a really beautiful song. And it talks about someone who's not feeling right and someone who's potentially falling okay. and someone who's going to pick them up and fly away with them and yeah. kind of, you know, let them, let them soar. Mm. And I think that just hit a bell. And I remember, I remember just breaking into tears and thinking, Jesus, that's quite deep. <laughs> I, I, and, and that's the moment I'm thinking back to now is that I remember sitting there thinking, I feel proper, you know, proper low, okay. but, this song is kind of something that's maybe giving me a little bit of hope. Yeah. It feels okay. like there will, there will be someone will come along and pick me up and, mm. and, that, and then it'll be fine. And, um, you know, I don't know actually if there was actually one person or if it was like a collective people or just a feeling of being picked up and, you know, but it was just, it, 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 I suppose not that it necessarily got, I didn't immediately go, ah, it's better. Yeah. Just again, it was, I suppose that that attitude of one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. keep going and, yeah. and things will work out. And, yeah. And I suppose that resilience helped. And, and but it, yeah, those, that moment definitely, I think, and now particularly, I think, yeah, I probably was quite, I was probably quite depressed there, actually. And I didn't, mm. I wouldn't have known why. Yeah. And, that, and I don't know if that's just general teen angst. Yeah. And it's like, well, everybody felt that, Alex, you know, or whether actually you were feeling a bit more than just that. Um, but that probably, that's probably when I was first aware of it. Mm. Um, it's very personal, isn't it? And, yeah, and yeah. I think the only person that knows how you felt at that time was you at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so was it more of a case of kind of leaning into things like music and film or those kind of things in those moments where you felt like that to kind of yeah. work you through or yeah yeah absolutely so they're, they're again certain films certain bands certain songs okay. you know all those things were because I think they do help because obviously a lot of the time they, those things are made and created by people who have struggled or gone through those things yeah, themselves and it's their their outlet their way of mm. getting out these feelings and I think you know a lot of people have their song or one of their songs where they'll really you know connect to it yeah. uh, emotionally and they'll think actually you know that was a really powerful song for this reason it takes mm-hmm. me right back here when I think that but there'll be other songs that pick them up when they need picking up yeah. and reminding them that the world's okay and actually there's just you know a case of uh, again being being strong and remembering that actually there's plenty to be be proud of and happy with and just you know embracing and, and realizing that it's you know just yeah so I think. I suppose it wasn't anything in particular, but you know, I, I just used to love film. I, I used to, I used, you know, anytime I not, you know, get opportunities to watch films, mm. you just watch films to escape a little bit or TV yeah. shows, yeah. you know, um, because you, again, there's an element of losing yourself and just not thinking about anything else. Is going just, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff until this finishes, um, and. And also because you'd see stuff in there and you'd, you know, it's a bit like, um, I suppose people talk about it now like representation in terms of, oh, if you see someone up on the screen who's struggling, yeah. but they get over it, yeah. then I can do it too, even okay. if it, even if it's not real. Yeah. You know, so because obviously you feel like, well, that's come from somewhere, you know, someone's had that feeling where, and there's a story out there where someone has had that problem and they've got over it. And, you know, if they can, I can probably do it too. So it's kind of going from thinking it's only happening to you and you're the only person that's going through it in that moment to recognize and that, you know, there are other people that have a similar experience and absolutely. And and I think that's interesting too, because when it comes to like business, for example, you start your own business as just, as you're you're out doing your own thing and you don't really know, because a lot of the time you start a business because you love doing a thing, but not because you love the business bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go, crikey, I don't, 
I feel pretty bad about this because this is this how everybody else does it. I don't know. Yeah. And it's not until you start talking to people yeah, that yeah. you go, oh, I've had that problem. Yeah. Oh, well, how did you get over it? Oh, cool. And then all of a sudden, oh, they've had that problem as well. And you go, actually, it's not just us. Mm. It's not just me. It's everybody struggling with it. And actually, weirdly, I cope with it really well compared to some of these other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I should, you know, pat myself on the back again and say, well done, because you know, they've really struggled with it. So... Uh, so again, it's this, but this is the whole point about talking. You know, this is the whole the whole reason why I think this is something I wanted to come on and do because I think it's so important that you do have that time to reflect, but you also find an outlet, whatever that might be, um, and 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 talk about it with yeah. someone, and actually not you know not you know to have a space where you've got nothing that's nothing's taboo. You know, say say anything and anything to anyone. Mm. Uh, just get it out, however you're feeling, and trying to trying to make it a space where no one's judging each other. And if it's just one person or multiple people, whatever you want to do, and just just get that stuff out. Mm. So I think, it, and so what you're you know what you're doing here is championing that is is massive because, um, yeah. Well, I've got I've got a few. I would say now now a few select friends who I can, you know. I think they they've experienced enough as well now that they okay. you know they've gone through things sure. and not 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 bad things but you know they totally understand you know the empathy that they yeah and and in some cases they have gone through things but you can you know you can phone them up and just go Phew. okay yeah you know and it's the whole it was that thing I think it's a real um, I think it's a really interesting point because you know that when you hey Ross how you doing. Do you mean how are you doing? Okay. Yeah. Or do you want me just to say I'm fine? <laughs> because because that's that's yeah. you know the, how much. So, hey, I haven't have to see phrase. How are you doing? Have you got ten hours? Like how, you know, but, okay. you know. But would you like me to actually sit there and say I'm struggling to be honest? Mm. Or do you want me to go? Yeah, great, fine, and carry on with our lives. Mm. So I, I sometimes feel like you know when I I'm trying now to make it a point of when I say to someone how are you doing? Yeah. I'm I'm very happy for you to say I'm struggling at the minute, Alex, because mm. you know I'll be able. Then my reaction would be, okay, well, listen, I can't talk about it right now. Mm. Let's talk about it another time, or I can. I've got I can spare ten minutes. Let's go and have a chat, mm. because I'd rather know. It's a genuine question. How are you doing? Mm. It's not. It's not a passing. You know, and if you don't want to share, if someone just wants to keep going, oh, I'm fine. That's not not not, not a problem. But I want people to know that there's an opportunity to actually let go of some emotion if they want to. And how do you think is the best way to kind of approach that? Because if you're, you know, if if you're quite open to have that conversation with someone, you want someone to open up. Is it the case that you show vulnerability first so they feel more comfortable, or is it a case <clears> of <throat> like just saying, look, just to let you know, if you ever feel, what would be your kind of approach in that? Do you think? So I suppose it depends on their reaction. Okay. So you know if they if they go fine, but they're saying it with like you know glassy teared eyes <laughs> yeah, and yeah. sort of wibbling top you know, top lip. I'm thinking mm, I don't think you are. Yeah. I, I might I might challenge that okay. and say, oh cool, are you, are you sure? Because. Mm. You're saying one thing, but your body is saying something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it depends on how well I know them, of course, as well. So I suppose to feel how confident I feel like I could, uh, mm. you know, help maybe not so much cheeky, but you know, how I could sort of put that back to them. Mm. But you know, you're sure, you know, make sure. And then, and then, uh, I suppose, yeah, I think, yeah, I suppose it's just it's just wanting someone to know that there is a shot. Ch- you know, when I'm when I say how are you doing, let's make it a genuine how are you doing. And if you if you want to share then great and again as you say it's like you know i appreciate it's none of my business yeah at all but if you want to have a chat you can mm-hmm. um you know and again <clears throat> if they start to open up and say oh it's something with school yeah you say no i totally get it you know and then as you say if you can opportunity offer up something yourself i think mm-hmm. i think that's always a gonna start creating a safer place if you can uh 
if you can if you can show someone that you're willing to share yourself mm. and and offer up a piece of your experience and not in a sort of selfish oh look at me way or or kind of uh, you know this is all about me situation it's more of a um you know I, I, I use this kind of actually, we use it when we come talk to some people about sales, but like feel, you know, feel felt found. So it's like, um, I know here feel what I found is X, Y, and Z mm. because it's kind of, you're understanding what they're trying to say, what they're trying to get out. You're then saying, well, actually I, I want to kind of share something with you that yeah. that's helped me get over said problem. Mm. And maybe we can go talk about it more if you need to. Um, but I think it's just offering, I think people genuinely, because I've done it before once or twice where I've, you could see someone's not very okay. Okay, yeah. And you say, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. You're not fine. Would, are you sure? And then they've gone and they've just fallen apart. Okay, yeah. And you go, okay, you're not, you're not fine. Let's go and have a chat. Let's just sit, mm. you know, let's just go sit in the car or yeah. wherever and just get it out. You know, I don't even... You know, I think it's the case of saying, look, I don't even know. I can't necessarily even guarantee I can help. No, I can, but I can listen. Just hold the space I, for them and exactly, and just listen. I think, and I think also to, and also a big thing to remember is that they might not be as far down the road of being able to have conversations about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than you might be. Yeah, you know. So you know, we're having this open conversation now, but someone else may have never have approached that subject. Yeah. So you're sort of coming at it from two different levels. And yeah, it's a tricky one, but I think, you know, generally through natural conversation, you'll kind of find a way, you know, if as and when they're ready to have that conversation. Yeah, I, th I think it's just about, I say it's, it's <clears throat> there will still be people, even if you you say to one, you know, how are you doing? Oh, you're not sure, are you okay? No, yeah. no, not really. Do you want to have yeah. a chat about it? And they'll go, no, 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 no. And they'll just actively resist. Yeah. Uh, sometimes because they I think in some cases probably people might feel they just I'm not I'm not able to share this yet yeah. you know whatever it is no, and that's fine absolutely and you say okay well that's fine well we, you know, let's, why don't we just go for a coffee anyway and talk about something else mm. you know it looks like you could just do with a break yeah, yeah. you know and let's not talk about whatever else is going on let's just escape mm. well, you know why don't we go to the film together why don't we go yeah. watch a movie and let's just escape from all this rubbish for a bit yeah. you know together and and that's you know I think I, I, as I say I figure if you can offer someone that outlet mm when they may clearly not have the opportunity to do it or may not think there's someone who's prepared to listen, then, yeah. then you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, about kind of going from school into different types of work and then mm. obviously in the space you're at now with running a business and, you know, as many people will know and attest that, you know, running a business, especially when, you know, essentially if you're on your own, mm -hmm. um, that comes with its own challenges yeah um and you you mentioned it you know a little while ago where by that you know the love for something is usually where business is born out of yeah but kind of like learning all the other stuff that goes with it is something where you have to kind of learn quick yeah learn on your feet um how was that how was that transition at the beginning and did it bring up different types of challenges if there were any you know did they bring any different types of challenges that you know you hadn't experienced before well, again, I, I, you know, just as you said, I think you get into it knowing that you love doing what you do, mm. and then you also suddenly have to start working out all these other things that you never knew about. Yeah. Some of some of the things you don't like either, yeah. and and what's interesting again is that whole scenario of like, God, I don't know what I'm doing here, and feeling quite lost and somewhat overwhelmed by it all mm. very quickly, yeah. and going, oh my God, I just need, you know, I need some help here. I just can't work all this out. And again, not not necessarily having anyone that you can just bounce off right away, yeah. which is why I, you know, again, joining kind of a local, you know, not even a local, but a, 
an online group of similar people yeah. you know so you can share some ideas some best practice it's such a you know it's a good therapy it's kind of cathartic as well because you can go oh I made a mistake today oh dear and everyone goes I did that too and you go oh okay I'm not, I don't feel quite so bad yeah. you know so those things are I, I think are, are quite important and and again but again it brings up I think masses of potential mental health pitfalls because you know let's say the business you start trying to start the business and you're, you love doing what you do but then you don't you don't do so well maybe the business isn't going very well okay. and you know you can easily get very depressed you can easily get very stressed mm. because you know and, and stress is a real horror when when you know that you've got certain things on you've got responsibilities to, to handle kind of outside of work perhaps as well yeah. but some of those things are kind of impacting how you can get on with other stuff mm -hmm. at, in, and you know that you could maybe be more successful if you could shut some of those things off mm -hmm. or not you know not listen to those sort of that influence but so there's that in it and, and stress and obviously I think probably stress comes first because you know maybe maybe the business isn't performing as well as you'd like or some stuff's happened or you've been you know yelled at by a client or something like that whatever it is that's that level of stress just goes kind of sky high mm. when you compare that to for example and I'm not saying you know if you're an employee you're stress free because you've, you've, we've all got our own stresses but the, the trouble is I just feel like there's when you're running your own business there really is very few people to share that stress with yeah. and that quickly can become you know as I said, yeah depression um anxiety i suppose as well um i think you're carrying more on your shoulders aren't you that definitely point? feels it because you are you know if, if you've moved from maybe you've been employed somewhere and you're moving into self-employment mm -hmm. you know and you're in a position where you have children you have you know a home and all those other yeah. trappings as yeah. well yeah you know there's a feeling that you know this has got to go right because if it doesn't then it's not just you know i could carry that weight yeah but I've got to think about everyone else that's standing there behind me yeah. in, that, in that respect. Yeah, who, how, who all these other people I'm letting down. Yeah. So then there's an element of this failure as well. He's going, okay. oh my gosh. And and actually, that, but that's the one of the big things that you I think you learn and something you don't learn in school. I think this is an interesting one because, uh, because I remember going through school life and you never really ever failed mm. per se. Mm. Um, my first real test of failure or, or, or sort of taste of failure, I should say, was when I've failed my driving test my first driving test was rather spectacularly failed um, it's called a fail isn't it it's called a well it, it's a fail yeah, yeah but yeah. but like I mean yes you don't you don't pass your exams and yeah, stuff yeah. but I was I was lucky enough not to be in a position where I was worrying too much about that I was quite as I say relatively intelligent at school I think so I tested well actually at least that was the case I was able to pass an exam <laughs> um, didn't retain any of the information I necessarily needed beyond that but I was able to pass the exam and and sport was going okay. I was never too bad at sport. Yeah, we lost matches. We never didn't win all the matches, but um, it wasn't so bad mm. because it was. Oh, that's that's what happens in sports. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, I think yeah, driving test was the first time where because you know, and the school are very supportive, and your parents are very supportive. Like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But when you get to your driving test, it's like you're not good enough. You failed, and you kind of go, poof. Okay. That hit me like a sack of, but you know, when I when I, I got home and I processed, I remember sort of not. I, I do remember sitting there thinking, I, I failed, and I sort of remember looking at myself in the mirror and going, "Cool, that's that's." I think that's the first time anyone's actually really mm. ever told me I failed, mm. and you know, I, I passed second time, but but it then brings up this interesting conversation about actually we are supposed to fail we need to learn how to, to we need to be able to fail because that's how we proceed, mm. that's how we learn, that's how we we progress, and. Um, 
yeah, it, it's inter- it's interesting because again, business again, you'll you'll fail all the time in business. Mm. You'll do stuff and it won't work, and you'll fail. But it can if you don't have, I suppose, the reflection. You don't have the growth period, the learning that comes out of a, f- a failure. It can very easily get on top of you. And as yeah. you say, if you've got people behind you and you think, "Crikey, I can't afford to fail," all of a sudden there's a big, yeah. you know, big emphasis on that. Mm. You know, um, actually, it's weird because talking about my mindset. I don't know if you've watched the. There's a documentary stroke film called Free Solo. I haven't seen it. It's a it's a very well well worth watch piece of watching. So it's about someone's mindset because okay. it's basically about a chap called Alex Honnold who is a, a fan, very fantastic climber but he free free climbs so uh, sort of free solos which was basically climbing a rock face without a rope at all and he climbs the full uh, summit of um, I think it's El Capitan in um, in Yosemite National Park and it's it's ridiculous it's so big and he you know his mindset is unbelievable I mean unbelievable he know he knows that failure at any point in his next however many hours mm. results in his death. Yeah. I mean, talk about being perfect. You have to be perfect today. And you then apply that to a normal business setting or a family setting. It's mm. like, if I am not perfect today, someone dies. Mm. Poof, that's just like amazing different, mindset. Different uh, it's unbelievable. But but it, but but weirdly that that he you know he seems to feed off that inv- mm. that environment. His biggest stress is the fact that people are watching him, and he he doesn't want his friends to see okay. him. He's he's made his peace with the fact that that's what that could happen. Mm. But um, but I just think it's interesting because it's a mindset thing. That again, I think as you're maybe pe- maybe if you're new to business, you're. You're you're often you're unaware of some of the pitfalls, unaware of some of the potential things, mm. until they sort of slap you in the face and you go, "Oh my gosh!" And then it's very, very easy for you to to get you know disenchanted. And you, and then the worst thing is that you fall out of love of the thing that you got yeah, in yeah, yeah. to do the business with in the first place. You know, you actually find that you find it's you know almost tastes bitter in your mouth when you come to talk about it, rather mm. than you know something that you enjoy doing, which is what you got into it because you love doing it. Mm. So, well, and that's and that in itself is. I think a hard thing to take mentally because, you know, oh, I really, I really should enjoy this, and now I kind of hate it. Like that's a big transition, you know. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's probably quite an interesting transition, you know, in the mindset of kind of going into business and learning how mm. to, again, adapt to all these things. And it's only when people actually kind of say to you, oh. Have you thought about X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Have you thought about reflecting? Have you thought about failure is okay because it means you're learning? Mm. You go. Oh, no, I suppose I just got really upset about it before, <laughs> you know, all frustrated. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I spoke to other people who worked in kind of like creative fields, um, you know, their ability to manage the stress of um, sometimes rejection mm. or sometimes criticism or sometimes things of, because, you know, it's it's such a personal thing when you're creating something. Yeah. Um what would be your kind of words of encouragement or words of advice for anyone else in that, in kind of creative fields that has challenges with that, you know, having like that feedback or. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, well, you know, I mean, feedback, feedbacks, um, feedback from a paying customer can always be quite hurt. Not, I say hurtful. Um, Obviously, they're disappointed because they haven't seen me. Got, you know, their value isn't sort of been met, or their expectations have been met. Mm. I think, I think that's an interesting. One is just managing people's expectations for a start yep. is a big thing. Yep. But the and it, and it's as you say, it's tough because as you say, creatively, you're putting a lot of yourself into the the project at the same time. It's not 
it's never ever quite sort of so cold, especially with this. I think with a creative thing, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe someone else who, who's not creative or we not in a creative field can say different. But maybe yeah, it's relative. Yeah. But but certainly, I feel that you put a lot of effort into it, and you really, really put some passion behind some of the projects that worked on. Certainly, in my field, last well, de- decade or whatever it was, shooting weddings. Uh, you know, that's a very personal moment. It's a very intimate moment in people's lives. You know, they've, they've, they could only invite so many people to be at their wedding because of numbers and budget, but yet one of I'm there and I'm allowed to be doing this stuff. Mm. So, okay, that's, that's a key thing. And I need to sort of respect that and make sure that this is documented as well as I can and really put the time and effort to make it really lovely. And, you know, you, at the end you go, cool, I'm, I'm happy with that. Send it to the customer. Uh, And this is, you know, translates to business stuff as well. And then they come back going, yeah, we don't love it. And you kind of go, and, and you momentarily you feel slightly crushed. <laughs> and you go, okay. And, and as you say, it's, it's that, how do we handle that? How do we, how do we um, disconnect, I suppose, slightly from that emotion and then think about it in that sort of more logical, rational way and think, okay, well, they're not happy. Why is they not happy? You know, almost treat it a little bit like IT support would. It's like, you know, okay, well, why are you not happy? Okay, is it because of X, Y, and Z? And have you turned it off and turned it on again kind of thing? You know, mm-hmm. what is it that's not happy? Because then we can try and fix it and we can then let the creative game sort of mind engage again and fix the problem. But because you're so engaged, it is tough. Uh, I think... I really just learned to be happy with what I was sending out in myself. Mm-hmm. And I used to always, I, I had what I would call my sort of client filter. It would be, I'd run it through, a fr- I'd literally send it to a friend of mine mm-hmm. and I'd say, take a watch of this. And if they came back saying, amazing, or I thought, oh, I wish I was there or whatever, you know, when it, when it was in the sort of terms of wedding, then then I would know it was pretty good probably yeah. and and i'd send it to the client and you know we did we definitely got some people going oh it wasn't right and i didn't love it and i you know blah 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 and i got i had a few heated conversations with people and at first they were they sucked and and i struggled and i got angry and i you know i yelled and emma sort of calmed me down and people that so it was just yeah it was just one of those things where I think you had to do it a few times to get a thick enough skin and realize that actually the world doesn't end just because someone's unhappy Mm. and actually you can put it right as well. It's just about trying to, uh, as I say, just momentarily disengage that emotion, realize that, you know, whilst it was a lot of effort and emotion and, and you don't like being rejected, it's horrible to have negative negativity coming your way, but that you can't please everybody all the time you know, and it's just a question of being slightly logical, slightly rational, finding out what was wrong, and then seeing if you can seeing if you can learn from the mistake and fix it, mm. and and not letting it not letting it eat you up too much. Because the funny thing is, as unhappy as they might be, probably within a week or so, they've probably forgotten about it all anyway. And yeah. and actually, it's not a big problem. <laughs> so yeah. you know, it's never really as I think it's never really as big of a problem in some cases as you might be thinking and actually again i think having that time to reflect and go mm. was that as big as a problem as it should be or you know are we are we worried about losing you know our lives our health our wealth or anything like that over this situation probably not you know uh, you yeah you fear about things like getting bad feedback and things like that but i think all that can also be managed mm. as well so i think manage your clients expectations deliver something that you're happy with in yourself and it's up to your normal standard. Mm. And then 
take the feedback that comes and again use it as as ability to learn and yeah. move forward because you'll you probably won't make the same mistake like next time if it was a mistake or you maybe won't make the same creative choice yeah. next time as you did that time or maybe you'll ask for a better brief mm. and say actually could you give me some clarification mm. around this you know how would you like this to look or feel yeah and that just helps you creatively kind of go the the right way and not not have too much of that rejection yeah i agree um, i think even though it doesn't seem like it in the time give it a week or so and there is a learning opportunity there of some yeah you know whether you can change something it's something maybe you you glossed over which you yeah you need you need to do but but then also you know it's hard in the moment but you don't know what that person did 10 minutes before that conversation with you absolutely they might have had a rage and row with someone absolutely and got into it they might be having other experiences or yeah. living you know going through life doing yeah life. yeah yeah you know you just don't know no um so yes yeah, really that, that, that's always important i think that's a that's a that is a great point you say you, someone's just come and had a right you know head off about something and actually do you know what that was their the way they just had something way worse happen mm. and that was just their outlet yeah and you know what actually in a weird way whilst i maybe don't deserve it i'm i'm their outlet and, yeah. and that's okay in that moment in the, yeah. uh, you know if i've helped them in that way <laughs> you know then i should send them a bill no i mean yeah. you know they, they, there's a there's a there's there yeah, you're right there's you've got to you know what i find that's a tricky one sometimes in, in not or not tricky but frustrating because i would like to say that certainly more now i am one of those people that likes to see those sides of the other the other side of the coin so what does that person think at this point in time okay. why are they angry at me particularly or why is something going you know what's happened to them or okay. what what's the other environmental factor or whatever it is yeah but then i also get frustrated by that and think well why should i have to think that you know yeah. why do i always have to be the person who's stopping checking second guessing myself and my actions based on what else is someone else is going through um, and I suppose it just comes back to me going because that's the right thing to do mm. and that's the, that's the sort of supportive caring person that you are that, or, or not I'm sort of calling myself these things but you know no, but that's just part of your personality isn't it you know regardless if it was a work thing or not and it was a different scenario, you would still act in the same way. I, I, I just don't think I'd want to act any differently. If you said, yeah. if I said to myself, right, I'm not going to think of those other th factors anymore. Yeah, yeah. If someone gives me some shade, I'm just going to throw it straight back in their mm. face. And almost if you didn't act like that, they'd say, well, what's wrong with Alex? Usually he's like well, that, this. Well, this, this is it. Yeah, this, this is <laughs> positive. And, and that's, so that's the weird thing is probably mm. you, you probably don't even realise that that's how people think of it or see of you yeah. now. But that's the way you've just sort of reacted. Whereas, you know, mm. maybe you probably know, everyone knows that friend who, if you say, if you, you know, if you go and give them hell, they'll, they won't just go, oh, I wonder what's wrong with Alex today. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll just go, and they'll just chuck it straight back at you. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think, so as I say, it's, it's a frustrating one, but... But you're right. I think everyone's got their own stuff going on, and that, and and we've all got so much seemingly more going on now. I, could, I think people's lives have got busier. Yeah. I think there's more 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 stimulus going on. There's you know input from everywhere. You know, and and because a lot of it is text based as well. You know, you've got someone who's just yeah, no tone to who's it, just shot yeah. you a WhatsApp message which sounds really sharp. Yeah, and you're like, you didn't even say please, and then you're really annoyed yeah. with that person, and you walk straight into a meeting. You know, I think that's the beauty of voice notes now. At least you can put some tone around it, and you could, you know, yeah. put some. Although I, I always used to feel like you know the English language is pretty amazing, yeah. and actually you can, you should. I think you can convey tone, especially with emojis, emojis and things like that. Now, I think you yeah. can convey or should be able to convey tone. Um, you know, some people you don't even know if they're being sarcastic at times. Yeah, even if they said it to your face. So <laughs> you know, I think 
I think I, I, I suppose people would always say, Alex, you've got you say way more than needs to be said. Sometimes you know when you you could say it in a sentence, but you always give us a paragraph. Um, but I like to try and kind of fill my little message with a little bit of yeah. supporting context, I suppose, because it it helps convey the tone that yeah, people yeah. they're missing. You know, yeah. if I just you know if someone says you're asking a question, could you come around later on or whatever? And you go sure, or love to. I've actually not got anything on. Okay, all of a sudden, there's. Yeah. That I've, I've I've said a few more words. Didn't take me much longer to say, but I've conveyed how I was feeling about it rather than just like, yeah. not now, like, or not, you know, not now. Like, <laughs> so that, are you angry with me? Not now, or like, yeah. just, just a genuine? I can't do it right now, or what? You know. So sometimes I think again, that's born out of people being busy, yeah, and not having the time just to say, actually, let me just get back to this tech properly. It's just like, mm. or it's a fired off instant response or something like that. Yeah. Again, and, it's one of those things where you don't know what's that on the other end of that again, phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could well, be that they, they late, you know. Are they trying to sort of stop a toddler from drowning himself in a bath <laughs> <laughs> whilst just, also cooking pasta? Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and then that, but that, that, again, that's just part of the complicated, uh, I suppose, world that we're living in now where mm. we're all a bit more conscious of the stuff that we've got going on and mm. what's going on inside our heads as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. You mentioned before that, you know, in the beginning, sort of the music and the films were a good kind of outlet mm. in kind of when you're in those moments to kind of get away from stuff. Are there stuff, that, is there stuff that you do now that's kind of like non-negotiables for you to to ensure mm. that you kind of keep as much as you can on an even keel as such? Or are there things that you might do every day or there might be when an acute moment when you're feeling a certain yeah. way that you think, right, I've got to go and do this now? It's a good no. It's a good question because I feel like there should be. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there should be, but I don't think there are for okay. me, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I think I no, I think not. I think maybe maybe one thing I can think of, but it's not. It's certainly not. Right, I'm going to go watch a. Right, I'm feeling pretty crap. I'm going to go do X. Uh, although actually, I think coming back to that. I, I've definitely not had a great relationship with food and yeah. and just generally being slightly unhealthy, yeah. overeating, okay. losing, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, mm-hmm. um, massively built around stress, mm-hmm. uh, working late, habitual habits, like, you know, I'm in, I'm in here doing some late editing, I'm in here doing some late work or whatever, mm. and, oh, do you know what, I'm going to order myself a pizza because it's easy. Okay. They'll deliver here, perfect. You know, and you do stuff like that. And then you get to a point where actually you start sort of hiding it mm-hmm. from you know, relatives and loved ones that you're doing that because yeah. they, they judge you. It's yeah. always, like, oh, you know, he's getting bigger and he's overeating. Blah, blah, blah. And do they judge you though? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I mean, I think partly it comes out of them caring mm. and you know, oh, I don't want, you know, we don't want that to put on weight cause it is unhealthy and doesn't, it's not good. Okay. But they still judge. They still, you know, should you be eating that pizza? I've, you know, I've had that, you know, should you really be eating that? You know, just because it's, you know, you've been, and I've always found food particularly to be one of those things for me that uh, is a really great vice. It's, it's my, probably one of my only vices. I gave up drinking when I was 18 for eight years. Yeah. Didn't drink another, you know, another drop um, and never missed it. Mm-hmm. Still don't, you know, I mean, I drink a bit now, but I've never, not much and I'm not, I'm not gagging to go out for a pint on a Friday yeah, night yeah. or whatever yeah. you know a nice beer with some mates or a glass of wine whatever it's lovely but um, food's always been one of those things that it's always there it's something we have to have yeah. and there's a lot of um, sort of social 
you know, uh, accessibility to it. It's like, oh, let's go have something to eat. Let's go, yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. And convenience, you know, a lot of the convenience stuff is not not healthy for you either. So it's very easy to get into bad habits. It's very easy to associate eating some nice stuff that you enjoy mm-hmm. when you're feeling bad. Okay. So I think in that regard, actually, when I felt rubbish sometimes or felt stressed or angry, I would definitely you go, to. go. I would go to some food and just have something, which is stupid because for the moment you're having it, you're going yippee, loving this, and then the second you finish it and you're putting the wrapper in the bin or whatever, you're going, why did I do that? It doesn't help me in my goal of trying to be healthier, lose weight, feel better about myself. Okay. It doesn't help you at all about it with any of that stuff. Mm. It, it's actually negative. It's actually a detriment to all that. It's putting you further away from your goals that you had. But it does do something at that moment. It's soothing something. It's, it's giving you. There is a purpose to yes. that in that. It, moment, it, it's that it? kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's cathartic, but but yeah, and, that, and that's the point is that you've just had that sort of stressy, horrible, horrible moment, or whatever it is. And weirdly, it can be the flip side too. Yeah. So it can be like, I'm happy. I've just signed a deal. I've just done something well. I've got some great feedback. Let's go celebrate. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we'll celebrate with the bad stuff or, you know, whatever. And, you know, you're in that moment where you've got, you've, you've kind of, you're happy with yourself mm. in the fact that you've made that decision. You've decided I'm going to take the accountability and responsibility to have this thing, to yeah. eat this, whatever it is, pizza, kebab, whatever, you, whatever it is that put into your food of choice here. And, um, and then someone comes around and goes, just as you're about to sort of, you know, satisfy that, that itch. And someone goes, should you be in that? Okay. Because then it's like, well, hang on a minute. What are you saying? I mean, am I fat? Am I big? Should I, why should I not be eating? Okay. Am I not allowed to eat? You know, and then there's that. So I feel like, although it's he- trying to be helpful, there's a judgment in that. It's like, I'm, you know, if I'm grown up and I'm doing it, let me make my mistake. Mm. You know, I've decided to make my mistake. I've made my peace with it and I'm going to bloody well enjoy this. So is there a continued conversation after that inquiry? about should you be in something or is it just kind of shut down you go off and normally i i mean more recently i've got angry about it okay and just and just yeah you know just go away and let me just do my thing um and 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 often i and often in more harsher terms but you know i i think i've said to people in the past i said look when you're i appreciate that's coming from a place of love i hope um i appreciate you know, maybe I'm getting bigger or it's becoming a habit that I'm doing this. Um, but but that's not the way to support me when it comes to this sort of stuff. Okay. You know, the, I suppose the best thing that you can do to help me is, is not point it out. <laughs> Let me get on with it to some degree. Um, but then find we'll find another way to sort of raise the question. Okay. Like, you know... I don't know whether it's, you know, just encourage more healthy stuff or, you know, don't let, let's not put such unhealthy things in the cupboard or, you know, I suppose things like that. It is, it is tricky though, because it becomes a bit of an addiction. And like, as we know with a lot of other addictions and people have, you know, clearly um, sort of d- documented these things, it, when you become addicted to certain ways and habits, it's very hard to sort of yeah. see the light through the trees. And so you, you know, you don't listen to reason all the time. My, my, um, yeah. Well, I had a family member who you know suffered with an eating disorder, okay. and the the difficulty with that was it was kind of more the other way. Mm. And I, I mean, that one is it's interesting because again, that person is always you know, there's a, there's a medical term for it. There's lots of help and support. When it goes the other way, and you're sort of addicted to the overeating, there's no there's no word for it other than stop eating fatty you know a lot of a lot of people don't there's no medical term for someone who you know we're speaking to this family member of mine they you know they would have be given food and their their brain would say 
hide it, hide it, tell him, tell him, yeah. ate it, tell him, yeah, ate yeah. it, and hide it. The reverse is true. That I, I definitely experienced this, whether it's an actual condition or not. You know, you're going down the shopping supermarket and the brains go, put it in the trolley, put it in the trolley, put it in the trolley. And you're like, no, no, I can't, I couldn't possibly. Put it in the trolley, I couldn't possibly. And then you do. And then it's like, hooray, I've done it. And then the other one's like, why are you doing that? And it's like, put it back. And like, no, don't put it back. And, and then you kind of go, oh, and you do it anyway. And you go and buy it and you eat it. And you kind of, you know, there's that, there's that definite struggle mm-hmm. internally. But we, instead of sort of taking the food, not eating it and hiding it, yeah. you're taking the food, eating it, and then hiding the evidence of it. Yeah. So there's a genuine you know disorder there but but it's related to the other the other yeah. side of the field which is not you know as commonly supported in society mm. you know as the other one the other one people get really worried about it but the other way will be just as de- de- mm. detrimental to your health it, it is now supported and there is there are ways that we, in which you can get help around that so yeah, but, but do you not think that the, the stigma of it is way worse I don't know. I think because it's such a again, it's a personal thing, and a I don't think you know. Firstly, thank you for having the conversation because I think, especially with men, and you know, overeating, bingeing, eating disorders, mm-hmm. um, that's not some. That's not. It's not in the forefront nope. of conversations, and I think for starters, that's something that needs to be addressed and put forward more. But I, th- I think it's starting to become more of a thing as more people are start having conversations yeah. like the ones that we have now. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Um, but, yeah. And I think that's what, that's, I suppose that's what I think it was important to mention because there is, there is more support, mm. but I still feel like the support that's there is coming, you know, it's, you're talking about things like, you know, it's, well, I suppose it is all support in some way, but it's it's not... There's still people, you know. You generally, if you saw somebody, I suppose, who was, you know, having a, having a problem with a particular eating disorder, yeah. you know, they didn't look well. You'd probably say, "Oh my gosh." Whereas a lot of men, particularly, you know, between themselves, you know, someone's a bit bigger than they should be. They just, "All right, mate, you're a bit fat," aren't you? Or, okay. You know, there's a lot of that stuff. Okay. You know, a lot of in teasing, I suppose, like, "Oh, you know, get away, you fat, you fat git," and something. You know, that that is always thrown out as an insult. Okay. And actually, as I was like, some, in some cases, you go, you know, you, know, you, you want to just tell them, bloody well, get stuffed. Because yeah. what you don't know is I've actually sat, in, sat here looking at myself in the mirror, yeah. not comfortable in my own clothes, yeah. not comfortable in my own self. Yeah. And, I've, and, I've, and I do overeat, but there's, there's a reason why I'm overeating. Yeah. And, there's a, why I'm, and it's a mental thing. It's not like I, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling with it really hard. But when I leave, but, and I've, but then I've, I've got myself to a point where I'm relatively comfortable. I walk out the door and the first thing you say is, cool, you've put on some weight, mate. Okay. Cool, you, you know, well, I had one guy once come up and tap me on the tummy and go, you've, you're doing well for yourself, aren't you? Okay. And I like, quite want to just want to punch you in the face, frankly, <laughs> you know, so thank you yeah. for noticing, but mm. go away. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, you would never, you'd never think that was an acceptable comment. No. To anybody else if you just roll up and say, oh, you know. You're a bit big, aren't you? You're a bit old. <laughs> I, th- I think that raises an, an important point around the differences between men and women in that, um, like you say, with men, conversations about that kind of thing for men, it's seen as more of a, the approach is more jokey, jovial. And blunt. And blunt, <laughs> yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I, that, I st- that, that comes from not knowing 
the whole situation. Again, not thinking about yeah. what, what else is happening in the context. And in that moment, kind of having some, being mindful that there might be other reasons as to why, you know, yeah. things have... It, but it's an interesting because you know often it's the first thing they say and it's and it's and it's yeah. often said in a public forum. Oh God, yeah. It's so not you've got everyone else. Yeah, you know, everyone else is there. It's like you're there, there at the bar. You've walked in. It's like, mm. hey, there he is, guys, put on some weight or you know whatever that might be. Yeah. And you kind of think, just let's all be nice to each other. <laughs> so yeah. why, why, why is that the first thing you said? You know, yeah. and I mean, yeah, fine. It might be the most obvious thing. But yeah. uh, but you don't you don't know how that person's been you know whereas, as you say you wouldn't dream of it if yeah. you know but but I, I suppose as you say that it does it isolate or, or sort of make clear the point between maybe the way that uh, maybe men and women approach approach things I mean you know for example if you went and got a really you know if I went and got a really funky haircut that people thought was ridiculous they'd probably go hey straight away when you walk through the door and that's just maybe guys and mm-hmm. so is it just banter yeah but I think there's a really fine line there between yeah. just ribbing your mate mm. and just or you know being someone who, who kind of says that thing that you know isn't maybe well thought through mm. I, I think there's a lot of men that may be well listened to this or watching this who have probably experienced the same thing have maybe put it off as banter yep. for years and yep. years and years yep. and just kind of got on with it but would probably say exactly the same as what you just said there Yeah, in that you know that does hurt and it does kind of you know, when it's in front of people and it's in a public environment, yeah, yeah. You, know, you just want to feel like you want to shrivel up. And, 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 and it's the one thing you're probably hoping that nobody notices. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, can we just have a nice night and enjoy yeah. ourselves and not talk about that stuff that's going on and just, yeah. or, you know, the fact that I'm, you know, look, look bigger or different or whatever. And, mm. and especially when it comes from people who aren't bigger themselves, mm. I suppose, okay, okay. you know, necessarily, for example, or who don't, who don't maybe seem to be struggling with their weight or physique. Okay. Um, and generally quite confident people and just, mm. you know, they, and off they go and and you think oh it really stuck you know if it was someone else who was I don't know if someone for example if it was if it was someone who's bigger than me okay and who was kind of saying oh you're almost as big as me mate you know kind of making it a joke about themselves I, I feel that's more banter because they're kind mm. of they're actually saying that they're just as bad or worse you know it's like it's not you out by yourself yeah. looking bigger or worse yeah. or changing or getting uh, you know being different so I think that again this comes back to our perception and yeah yeah even that person who may be saying that, who you may believe to be athletic and be, you know, there Again. may be stuff yeah, that he's yeah, having yeah. another conversation off somewhere else about a different thing, which is equally as yeah, kind of... Yeah. Um, but also, I suppose you don't know how much they might have struggled with stuff. Yeah. You know, they might look great now, but did they struggle with it themselves? Know, and yeah, and yeah. actually, when you're that way, then maybe you're so happy that you're not the other way. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of can't help yourself, but kind of let, you know, it comes out, maybe you express yourself in that way. But, um, yeah, I suppose. And also, as you say, it's, um, you know, I get, I get, I get told off a lot for overthinking everything. Okay. Um, oh, you're, you're, you're overthinking it. It's like, okay. well, how am I, what am I supposed to do? Not just like, you know, and, and you're right. It's like, there's, there's stuff you, I think generally you can work out what banter is and what's, what's not banter. And I've always been quite good. I feel, at just going, oh, yeah, 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 laughing stuff off and just carrying, and just ignoring it. And, it, and a lot of the time it goes away thereafter. It's like an initial shot yeah. and you kind of forget about it after that maybe. But I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people who get really hurt by some of those comments and things that people of say course, yeah. and, and they don't or can't shrug them off perhaps as easily. Mm. And that's, and I, I think again, I think I've seen a change more recently, I th- perhaps, where people are just generally a little bit more 
or maybe it's just because of getting older, you know, the peer group is a bit different yeah. and we're not, we're all, we're all realizing that we're changing. We're all realizing that we're aching in the morning when we get up and stuff like that. So maybe it's just when you're younger, maybe it's just more, more then, um, you know, and I think, you know, every time I've been told, oh, should you be in that? It's normally come from someone who, you know, loves me mm. and wants me to see see me well. And the idea is that they're just trying to be that person that's just saying, just, are you sure? Mm. Are you Just before you put it in your mouth, are you really sure you want to do that? Because mm. you probably don't. And actually you're seeing it probably in the mind, I'm going, I don't really want to do this, but I'm doing it anyway because yeah. it's just my, my outlet. Um, so where are you on that journey for that? Now at the moment, I is it something you want to kind of get some help with, or you know? It's funny because I tried to get some help with um, with so I I, I you know I, I had to have a point in my life where I was taking some medication just to help sort of level me out yeah. a little bit because I was yeah. getting very high, very low, not sort of to a state of maybe being bipolar or anything like that. But I was finding the highs were great and the lows were really crap. Yeah, and I needed something to kind of middle me out a little mm-hmm. bit, which which helped for a while, and that's generally also helped by getting older and being a bit more reflective and yeah. kind of thinking about all the other things in a way and trying to understand the world a bit more and, and realizing things aren't so bad and I'm yeah. still here. I haven't yet, you know, no, 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 that bad stuff caused me any harm yet. Yeah. Um, and keeping going as well, just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other and things will, you know, mm-hmm. keep getting better and never, and not giving up. Don't, don't give up. You kind of don't, you know, I think that would be the worst thing to do. You know, if you, if you, if you, I, I couldn't, I, you know, because I think that's possibly because the kids are around, but I, I don't think I'd ever get to a point where I think this is just so bad. Mm. There's a, there's a situation where this is better if I'm not here mm. kind of thing. Um, so I think, you know, the, but, but for me at the moment, I, as I say, I went to get some counseling and the counseling was around depression, but it was also around the sort of being more healthy, healthy eating. Okay. Uh, I tried some hypnosis. Okay and stuff like that to help uh, to my me I don't know if it's one of those things I've always wanted to be one of those people where hypnosis worked on me because I've always been a fan of people like Darren Brown mm. and I always wanted to be one of those guys who felt compelled to get up on stage okay. um, but I never I never really honestly felt I'm sitting there going oh, I don't really yeah. feel like I want to go up you went like I'm not like we just you know exactly I'm not I'm not that person who's all of a sudden he's yeah. talking gibberish or anything so mm. I'm like, okay so maybe those things aren't going to work for me maybe my mind is a little bit too critical or analytical yeah and I, it doesn't quite work but um, do you know what I think it's just kind of like trying as much as you can and then yeah. there'll be something along the lines that will just click absolutely yeah and um if that hasn't happened yet you know everything's figure outable and you just gotta you've just gotta find you know there is something out there that's gonna yeah work well you. so so it's then just, this is, with with weight particularly for me i i started seeing a diet consultant yeah um and they were really helpful because it gave a level of accountability okay they'd been there before they'd had the struggles themselves in fact they were still sort of within that struggle slightly but they they understood it yeah and it was so helpful to go to someone and talk to them and say hey you know because mm-hmm. because his his joke was or not joke but his kind of experience was he had a client of his come in so he's the diet consultant and his client came in and his client said oh i thought you were supposed to look more like your your after picture than your before picture right and he went hmm you know and and that was painful no, no doubt and uh you know, so it's but it's interesting because you just say you've been there and you go through those things and you you were able to have that accountability because you know you knew that at the end of the week you were going to have a chat and he was going to say how have you got on and you go well actually not great or you could and you think actually I could try and hide something from yeah. him and not tell him yeah but what's the benefit in that yeah you know he knows I'm probably not been you know we'll get on the scales mm. and if I've not lost three three pounds he'll know I've not been perfect okay. 
So, because if you're, you know, on this particular kind of diet that I was using, if you're not, you know, you should be losing about three pounds if you're doing it properly. Okay. Um, which sounds like a lot, but actually it's not really. It kind of adds up really nicely. But and I've I've done I've had really great success on it, and, and some not. But there was no point in me trying to cheat this guy mm. or cheat myself ultimately by saying oh, I've done really well this week and okay. jump on the scales. It's like how have you come? You've put weight on then because you, you know was there something else going on? Um, but that was really helpful because it was talking it through re- weekly accountability, which meant that I always knew there was like a check. Before I have X, you know, snack or this thing or whatever, I would yeah. just do I want do I want to do it? Can I can I am I happy to explain myself at the end of the week? Um, and you know, so it, that was really helpful. And and finding that actually the habit breaking 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 the habit of feeling like you needed to have something before you went to bed mm. or going actually just going to bed a bit earlier because yeah. then you didn't feel like you needed to eat something yeah, yeah. because you weren't hungry again because you just had your dinner. And, and once you get through that, the first few days, it kind of becomes a lot easier. And all of a sudden, the, the flick of a switch is, is amazing because whereas before I would struggle to maybe, you know, late night, had a meeting with a client late, getting home late, haven't had anything to eat, go past the drive through we'd almost certainly stop. But actually, after those first few days of saying, saying no, realizing that there was something more important that you were working towards and that it wouldn't take much longer to get there, and giving you know foregoing that stop this time mm. three days later you've gone the scales and you've hang on i've lost three pounds i've lost five pounds i've lost you know ten yeah, pounds yeah. all of a sudden it's just it's adding up all of a sudden that ability that strength in your mind to be resilient and say don't need to stop mm. even if it's late it's not you know i've got something else i've got another plan i can go home and have a yogurt or a banana or a piece of fruit or whatever okay. it is something else will be i can put in place which will still be as enjoyable mm. it'll Food won't doesn't have to be this kind of all encompassing thing. It's literally fuel for my body. Yeah, it's not you know. And sometimes it can be fun stuff. But it's, it's the point is it's it's just the the mind switch the the mindset switches so quickly just because you start to you've you've, you've made a couple of real conscious efforts of 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 progressing towards the goal that you want. You're seeing some results, yeah, and you're realizing that actually it doesn't take that much extra mm. effort, mm. and all of a sudden everything else becomes a lot easier. Yeah, and I'd imagine that's the same for people who want to get up to go to the gym and become fitter. If yeah. you if you get up three mornings, four mornings in a row at six o'clock in the morning, mm. and you go out for your run or go to the gym, or whatever it is, all of a sudden I'm sure that fifth, sixth, seventh day becomes a lot easier because you've done it before you felt great having done it you've seen some results already because you don't feel quite as horrible yeah. and 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 all of a sudden it's really easy to get going so um yeah from a mindset point of view i think i'm in a relatively good place at the minute i'm i've, I've put some weight on recently so i know i need to kind of get my mindset going again and okay. flip the switch uh, and but but I, I feel like I'm quite well equipped with the tools specifically for that mm. now to be able to kind of. So I, actually, I don't speak to the consultant necessarily anymore because it was it was a relatively large expense. But that was one of those things where I said, well, I want to invest in myself. If I'm going to invest in anything in my life, mm. I may as well invest in my own health. Yeah, and and so it made sense. And I feel like we got to a point where I knew enough or about how I was seeing these things to, to kind of make sense of it without mm. needing someone there to be accountable for or to to essentially so yeah so yeah so you know it's just that it's that process isn't it you go you go you have to as you say you go through you find what that one thing i think for me it was that i just uh it needed to break the habit mm. which was meant take making the change uh, i think that's the thing it's someone said to me once if you're happy with things how they are do nothing 
Yeah. If you want to make something different, you've got to change what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's a case of, well, what do I want to change? Mm. And, and how do I change it? Yeah. You mentioned before, you know, you've got, you know, you've got your kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is it for you to kind of have conversations around mental health with with those, you know, age age appropriate and stuff? Obviously, yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a yeah, <clears throat> age appropriate is one thing, um, but I think it's I, I I'm both my wife and I are trying to be very conscious with our kids, and <clears throat> I suppose in the old days you might in some cases go, do you know what? They need to be told off. They need to be scolded. They need to be kind of treated like we were treated when we were younger, you know, um, with a sort of maybe slightly sort of firmer hand, not sort of physically, but just metaphorically yeah. in terms of how you would, um, you know, respond to some of the things that they're doing and how they're behaving. Okay. But then actually at the same time, you know, we had the conversation the other day, you know, it's that point in the summer holidays where people are going back to school yeah. all of a sudden the behavior starts to change a little bit and you think oh, are they just are they just being you know painfully annoying or are they actually just acting up yeah because they're worried that there's a bit of a change coming they're gonna to have to course, get back into yeah. school routine and so being trying to be mindful of that is something that we are trying to do as parents but it's it is difficult at times because you get short yourself you yeah. find that you uh, are struggling maybe you know to cope with all the other stuff the trappings of being a parent for example mm-hmm. and they come in and you just don't quite follow through you know in the way that you'd like to and yeah. you shout or you be you know um you you don't i suppose tell them that you're they're you know being stupid or anything like that but you mm-hmm. just you just you know you're just just not as maybe supportive as you could be but i think it's very important that we do now that we know more about this sort of stuff I think it's. A, I think ultimately it's about equipping the kids with the right tools themselves to start thinking about these things for themselves. Mm. So we, we, as I said, we, we recently went through some you know, some slightly un, unpleasant stuff with my um, my daughter, and that was it was hard. It was really hard because we were watching her struggle with some really powerful stuff. Okay, um, we were having to ask her to be incredibly strong mm. mentally and. Yeah, she she was unbelievable. She coped with it really well. Mm. Um, it's quite yeah, quite uh, sort of emotional to, to, to think about it really when you when you look back. And I think that's what made us realize that we had to do something about it and yeah. had to try and address it with her. We 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 discussed the idea of actually taking her to see a child therapist okay. um, because we suddenly realized that maybe we 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 may not be equipped to with the right skills and tools to really truly isolate what the problem is here and how we can fix it yeah we might need to see someone who knows mm. what's go, what's actually happening here and how and, and and can see what's happening yeah but you know there was there was basically she was not happy going into school for a few reasons and i'm yeah. sure people will empathize but it wasn't the school itself that the, you know it wasn't that it was just a particular peer group mm. they weren't clicking there was a lot of strong personalities and okay. unfortunately uh, you know our little one was just not, was was just one of the ones that kind of got singled out as a result, but quite in quite nasty ways at times. Mm. And she'd come home and she'd be really upset and she'd cry and she, it would make us cry. And uh, you know, it was really hard to see. Mm. I mean, when you when it's happened to you, you can kind of be tough yeah. if you you know, or you can kind of you know, you can kind of take it. Mm. But it's really hard when it's happening to a little one that you really love. And yeah, we were saying, look, you know, at the time it was like she was saying, I don't want to be here. And we were like, well, okay, before we do something quite dramatic and move you, let's, can we just see if there's another process? We talked to the school and they, they were somewhat helpful. 
and the fact that they were there and they listened to some degree, but you know, we we struggled to get our points across, and they were sort of making it out that actually, you know, it we're not going to address this as this problem. We're going to deal with you know your daughter not being resilient enough or or, or being oversensitive, you know, and that that really hit home. And I and I was I said like, that's not right. You know, that's we shouldn't be in a world where you know, we're telling this girl who's got emotions that she's too sensitive and you know, she's, she's not, she's, she's too in touch with her emotions and her feelings. You know, that's not fair. That's that there's something else needs to be happening. Maybe everybody else needs to be more aware of everyone else's feelings and be yeah. more mindful of what everyone else is going. But we got to a stage where, you know, she didn't want to go to school particularly. She was, you could tell we were going up the road and she'd just suddenly quite get really quiet and not be quite right. But she would put on a brave face and she would walk into school and we would watch her walking into school and we just knew full well she wasn't happy. And that was, that was just, that was traumatizing at times. Mm. It really was because you didn't feel like there was anything you could do. Yeah. Just what can we do here apart from just wrap her up and take her away and mm. not let her see anyone ever again. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was, and it was really tough. And, yeah, that that was, and we we eventually decided she needed to move schools, and that's what we've done. And the second we made that decision, and we explained that's what was going to happen, we went and looked around another school. I, I remember breaking it. Oh, well, I, I suppose I kind of just managed to suck it back up a little bit because she was stood right there. But I remember, you know, are you happy? You want to do this? And she nodded, massive smile on her face, mm. and, and just the weight. It, I literally watched it leave her shoulders. Mm. And and I think at that time I just broke down. I just went, you know, mm. this is the right thing to do. We have to do this for her. And uh, as, as as difficult as this might be for us, because there might be trickle, trickiness about logistics and okay. timings and our schedule and all we the rest of it, we ha- we'll have to make it work. Mm. We just have to make it work. So we, you know, and uh, yeah, and then, and then you know, oddly, one of my you know my son's kind of the other way at times. We're not sure if he's. He, he seems to struggle sometimes. He's very intelligent, but he does seem to struggle to concentrate on things. So mm-hmm. we're not sure if there's an element of, you know, wanting to put a label on it, but kind of what you would class typically maybe as ADHD. Mm-hmm. You know, you, he, if you want to sit, right, let's sit and watch a film. There's no way we're getting through the first five minutes before he's up or moving or wriggling or doing something else. It's very, very rare that you can kind of get him to sit still about anything. And, uh, you know, he's got some challenges probably coming up because he's also, he's very intelligent, but he, I would say that he can be a bit socially awkward as well. Um, He's very, sports helped wonderfully for that, actually, because we would literally have to peel him off our legs to push him into, you know, a sport, you know, in an environment that was new, particularly, you know, in his first season playing rugby, well, both rugby and football, you know, he wouldn't take part of the first session. No way was he going to get involved until we just gently edged him closer and close enough to the pitch that he was actually stood on it. And so he couldn't really not take part. Um, and the second session was much better. Third session was much better. And, you know, and then he finished his first season, you know, being the top scorer for his team, you know, coach and, and in both cases coaches player of the season and he's come on so much as a result of that so you know that's a massive massive um i suppose accolade or, or kind of um i don't know yeah we don't know it's more of a for the for the idea of using sport as an outlet you know okay, yeah. you know you mm-hmm. finding a way of, of overcoming some of these things mm-hmm. that you're feeling by you know With something that he loves you find, again it's finding an outlet i suppose mm-hmm. and and he really loved he loves that stuff but i you know i i, I he, he's, he's had friends over and you sort of listen to the conversations they're having and you think oh 
it's probably not the most sort of way, no, best way of sort of phrasing that to your friend who's supposed to be a friend. You think, um, okay. you know, there's just, it's just, he, he can, as I say, this awkwardness sometimes comes across. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he is a lovely little boy, but uh, he sometimes can be that, that slightly awkward, mm. slightly sort of a, a hyperactive at times. And I think that can, that potentially might be a problem for him. Mm. So in the future, I think we're just kind of, we're watching where that goes and keeping an eye on it closely. And I think, again, it's easy because you think he's not that sensitive sometimes. Again, being a boy, you think maybe he doesn't have, maybe his feelings aren't as as obvious and open as maybe our daughter's. Right. And it's very easy to, but then you say something and maybe it's a sort of silly remark, maybe slightly flippant, and he gets really upset. And you think, mm. oh, crikey, okay, that's just a real, real big reality check for me that just because he seems kind of mm. maybe distant sometimes, a bit removed sometimes, or a bit awkward, or maybe not interested. Sometimes he's not listening yeah. to me. Yeah, he, yeah. he is listening to us. And actually, some of these things are really affecting him. Mm. And I think that just goes to show how important it is that we all are very careful and mindful of what we do and how we act and how we say things. Because I think we all, you know, especially when it comes to the kids, we're influencing them with everything that we do. Yeah. You know, and actually to a point where Emma and I try not to be, you know, I think it's important that they see stuff not going right. But I also think it's important that, you know, for example, if we have a disagreement, and it happens to be in front of them, we'll always make sure that they understand that we've made up yeah. and we've, we've talked and we've discussed it. And it's not their and fault. It's not, and it's not their fault. It's mm. not an issue. It's, not, it's something else. And, mm. you know, and it's, I think that's important to, to kind of... And we're, we're mindful try, to try not to be too negative in front of them just generally. Okay. I, I don't think you can not be completely negative all, or, or completely positive all the time. Yeah. But I think it's about, again, trying to make sure that their environment, that their space that they're in is, is one that's filled with nice good thinking good thoughts you know and and actually okay you you've got a challenge you've got a problem that you've got to overcome yeah let's think about how we can overcome that and how we mm. or if you did make a mistake how we learn from that mistake mm. you know let's let's use every opportunity where we've not quite got the right result and let's find a way of you know doing mm. it better next time and um but yeah it's 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 interesting because i think had they been brought up in the era that i was brought up in it would have been completely different it shows the importance now you know of any time but especially now of, of having open conversations around this stuff at home yeah. isn't it you yeah. know so that you know you feel that if when things do happen because they always will you just feel a little bit more prepared you know rather than trying to catch up with stuff later after the the event yeah um it's interesting is it because i think you know you you, say, you know we're talking about you know we talk about mental health and yeah. and I, th I suppose you know you have to have a a fa i suppose not a, a, a a, a differentiating factor on it like mental health as opposed to physical health but I always think and I, I said I talk about this sometimes with my family is that actually shouldn't it just be called health mm. you know like why do we have to put this label of it on mental health particularly you know why does it have to be one of those things it's like yeah. just how are you feeling you know you know well actually I've got a dodgy ankle mm. could be the same as well I'm struggling a bit actually I'm, a bit, I'm finding I'm getting a bit anxious about and so, it has you know, on effect it affects both things oh it does you, you get yeah. injured it has a mental effect yeah, mental health yeah. you know effect on on you if you have if you're feeling depressed that could come out in a physiological yeah. way yeah. as well so it's it, it's all it's all part of the same yeah it's, it? it's all health it's all you know how are you doing and 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 so we we i suppose we try not to think of it with the kids particularly we don't we're not we're not trying to talk about it about mental health mm. we're just like you know how are you feeling you know how is that making you feel yeah because you know oh, i'm feeling a bit sad about that okay well whilst we might class that as a mental health thing yeah you know let's just let's just deal with how are you feeling yeah and we'll we'll go from there mm. 
We've spoken a lot today about I know, different, sorry. Well, you, different things. You'd expect anything uh, less from me, though. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's, it's testament to what, you know, with the aim of these podcasts and, and, and what I'm hoping to achieve, it's testament that these kind of conversations between men can mm-hmm. come up, can be about anything and everything, you know, without judgment, without interruption. It's just about kind of putting the time aside. And and I know that, you know, in the, in the, in the past, we've, we've done mandates and cinema yeah 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 and, and actual mandates as well. actual <laughs> mandates yeah and um you know dinners and and what else have you and you know it just gives you an opportunity to like you say have an outlet and you know i think there are many people that watch this that do have those networks where they can go but equally there's a lot of people that maybe don't have those and, yeah and it's just about kind of setting up the opportunity not putting too much pressure around it just say we'll yeah. go go and do something yeah well do you know what i think in our case, for example, I, th- I don't think, you know, us you know, us going to the cinema, us, you know, having something to eat, whatever it is, yeah. it it was about just getting together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a bit of a chat. How are you doing? How are we doing? And, yeah. You know, ha- being able to speak to someone who's on a, maybe who's not someone who's directly related. Yeah. You know, not, because it's very hard sometimes, you know, partners don't always get it mm. sometimes especially when you want to talk maybe business or yeah. something like that so you know maybe you've got a business outlet maybe you've got a personal outlet yeah. you know maybe there's something that you just share a common bond in whether that's you know love of going to the cinema or yeah. eating you know eating food or um golf or gym or whatever it might be mm. and just finding that little setting and you know making that your little setting mm. to kind of and, and actually i don't think it, only now and i'm now thinking about it that actually those those little you know those kind of uh, opportunities where we got out together was a bit like therapy in some respects mm. you know we didn't probably do either really feel like it was a therapy thing no but the opportunity to share and kind of you know have someone else's thoughts on a matter or yeah. just say it just actually get it out of your body yeah and put it in someone else's direction and see how it sounds mm. is quite interesting because it's sometimes not until you say something out loud that you kind of realize oh that's the thing oh <laughs> that's affected me actually yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so you know and, and that's where it doesn't even have to be this thing. It doesn't have to be like, well, let's go and sit down and have a chat. No, it, it just, it's no. just, let's just go and do something and kind of, And the best you thing know. about it, you can do it anywhere. It's free, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's no, there's no real constraints or, no. or barriers to it. No. It's just finding someone, you know, finding either a friend or a colleague that you trust. Um, and I think you'd be surprised as to, you know, what you'll find out about yourself and it likewise the other person and yeah. how you can help them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the element that you, you touched on earlier about sharing a little bit of something that, that maybe you're going through in terms of relation to what they might be yeah. feeling, just not, not to sort of take it away from them and make it about you, but to be, to be vulnerable together. Mm. And I don't mean vulnerable together in the kind of the way that people might th- kind of think of it, but you know, vulnerable just means open opening up and being completely honest with no no social kind of filters or barriers around it just that, yeah. that, that's that's how i feel how do you yeah, feel and then just a bit about being comfortable isn't it yeah and by you showing some you know showing some vulnerability just shows that you know i'm comfortable but to be in a position where we can have this conversation yeah if at any time you want to do the same yeah carry on hopefully yeah. you'll feel that yeah. we can and equally if you think I'm oversharing please step in and let me know <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think you can I, I don't yeah. I don't think you can yeah. I, I think um, I think that's the problem that's been the problem for so long is that people haven't mm. I, 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 hate, I hate to think you know the, the many 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 you know family members and, and people back in the past particularly the, from, from you know guys men dads fathers um, you know colleagues who who just didn't speak out mm. when they want when they could have done and needed to and had the mm. chance to you know um 
Yes, yeah, it's, I, I, funny enough, I, there was a chap who I did some work with recently, my, our age, my age, I should say, and I suppose, and uh, yeah, he, he recently took his own life, um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was close enough to be a friend necessarily, but I would, you know, a very good work friend maybe, and um, seemed like a great, you know, great guy, family, family man, dad, doing well in his job, highly thought of, um, seemed like he had everything going, and unfortunately. You know, just read all of a sudden on Facebook one morning. You know, it, it all got to the point where he thought that's it, mm. and that was that. And I just think, oh, you just think if he, if you'd only had an inkling, and you could have said, "What's going on, mate?" Yeah, and he could have just gone, "Boom, let it come." You know, if you could have just been that person for that person and just made a difference, it wouldn't that not be the best thing you'd done that day? Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of it like the Green Mile, if you've seen that film. Yeah. You know, where obviously it's often physical in that film, but the manifestation is that that, that entity is played by, um, uh, is it Michael Clark Duncan? Yeah. You know, he basically takes away, he is that oh, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. he's like the sort of empath who takes their problems yeah. onto himself pain away and, yeah. and he can bear it. He can be that, you know, he can just shoulder it for enough mm. time. And obviously eventually it, it kind of, the, the way that he takes so much on, it kind of overwhelms, overwhelms him. him. But, but the point is that, you know, there are, I think we all have a little bit of, ele- of ability to just take some of that stuff off other people at times mm. and, and shoulder a little bit of someone else's burden just mm. for a little bit. And if you can do that for them, someone else will do it for you. And if we all think like that, then hopefully, We'll have a situation where we're not talking about, you know, in 10 years' time how, you know, things like suicide are the number one mm. issue for men in their sort of, what, 30s to 50s. Mm. I think that's a great way to wrap things up. Thanks for your time. No problem. Really very appreciate good. it. No, thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.